welcome everybody to another episode of Stoli Doli Scaries. I'm your host, John Richie Jr. And I'm Corinne. And today we have the most special witchy episode because we are watching The Craft. Welcome to the witching hour. Um, today's cocktail is going to be the Invoked Spirit. And we're going to take a sip anytime they mention Menon. I, I have a really hard time. Menel. Menon? Menel. 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 Um, I'll be honest. Watching this, it made me, it always really makes me want to practice witchcraft. But I, I, <laughs> I like looked into buying the candles and doing this, but like I really think they have something here. I mean, I think they went really dark with it, um, but it's just such a fun '90s movie. Can we briefly talk about uh, the text thread that we have coming up to uh, this episode, which was basically like I feel like somebody is doing witchcraft on me. Honestly, I set up for this, um, and. This is what happened. I'm not lying. <laughs> uh, look, live candles. I was like, no yeah, joke. we're invoking the spirit. Mm-hmm. So Go I ahead. will um, properly blow these candles out very soon because I'm petrified. Yeah, I'm really just counting on you. I really do. I just want you to let me know if you see something. You know, look suspicious. Then see um, something, say something. Say something. Yeah. Um. So the craft was released in theaters May third, nineteen ninety six. It was directed by Andrew Fleming, starring Miss Feruza Balk, Robin Tunney, Rachel True, and Miss Nev Campbell, the Scream Queen herself. Love it. Mm-hmm. This movie um pretty much starts off with um our three iconic girlies doing some witchy stuff um we're at the table we're looking at uh them doing some spells and chanting now is the time this is the hour ours is the magic ours is the power let's say it together ready now is the time this is the hour i'm just kidding it's a tongue twister it is (laughs) and i'm scared right now (laughs) to do anything with these fucking flames behind me. Um, I thought it was really cool. And then obviously we get kind of like thrusted into the clouds. There's some rock music playing, which is uh, a song by the Beatles, Tomorrow Never Knows. So uh, it's actually, they couldn't afford the Beatles. So it's it's by Our Lady Peace, but it's a cover (laughs) of the Beatles (laughs) song, which is the second. There's another song in the movie that's by the it's originally by the smiths that they had to get somebody to do a cover of because it was such a teeny little budget like they couldn't afford the beatles um so fuck me uh it wasn't <laughs> the beatles and that song though is called tomorrow tomorrow never knows mm-hmm. it's a great bop um oh, honestly yeah. i haven't heard our lady peace mentioned in probably 20 years uh, I've never heard them mentioned. <laughs> you know that yeah, they had a couple singles when I was thirteen. You know, it was. Um, I've never heard of them in my life. So we basically just see in the beginning like a family on a plane entering Los Angeles, and it's raining. Um, they catch a cab from the airport. Seems like well, later we find out like stepmom, father, and daughter 
uh, enter this house, which appears to be a little bit old, and uh, it has it's leaking everywhere. There's leaks. You know, it's raining outside, but it's also raining inside. Uh, and we meet Sarah, played by Robin Tunney. And she is in her new room and puts a picture up of a, a woman in a black and white frame. Um, she goes back downstairs to get more things and then is startled by a man who appears to be houseless uh, in the front doorway. I've never heard anybody say homeless. It's, um, you know, the new terminology. It's uh, kinder? Is that like a kinder way? Yeah. Like, it's it's home um, means something like warmth. And so, uh, okay. He is very houseless. He's very scary. He, says, he, um, he is scary. He, he just um, looks disheveled. And we don't even need to say he looks like a bum. Um, he just is dirty and feels like he doesn't belong there. And he is in the front doorway and he's holding a snake. Uh, and casually says, I found this app out back. You want it? It's definitely a startling uh, beginning scene where you're just like, okay, we're at the airport. We're going to this house now. And then all of a sudden there's a man in the doorway. Yeah. So um, Sarah screams and he says, relax, what's the matter with you? And she calls her father down. She's screaming for him. He comes down the stairs, picks up uh, a weapon of some kind. I feel like it's like one of those fire pokers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, picks, picks up this weapon, this fire poker, and shoes him out of the front doorway saying, get out of here. And he asks Sarah if she is okay. And she says she's fine. And then he notices it's a snake on the ground by his feet. And he kind of kills it off screen. And she, she's really like kind of casual about it. So I was like, can you imagine if something like that happened to you? He's like, are you all right? She's like, yeah, he just surprised me. <laughs> I bet he did. <laughs> he did surprise you. Kind of scary. But either way, this feels like a bad omen. This is like, we know something's up. Then uh, we cut to a Catholic school where Sarah uh, mm -hmm. is just starting. Um, we don't know this yet, but uh, they moved from San Francisco to L.A., um, so she's the new girl in town. You know, we get our three main witches, Feruza, Rachel True, and Nev Campbell, who play Nancy, Rochelle, and Bonnie, iconically walking down the hallways of their high school, which, by the way, none of them were teenagers at this time. And we see, as they're walking down the hallway, we see the three uh, pinhead jokesters, um, Chris... <laughs> Mint and Trey, played by Skeet Ulrich, Brecken Meyer, and Nathaniel Marston, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, Brecken is actually in Clueless, which uh, harkens back, and, and he's really playing the same character or a similar. No, I, I like in Clueless, he plays like Travis, which is like this like kind of stoner, like silly guy. And I hated, I hated him as the bully. It didn't make any kind of sense. That guy is no. not a bully. I would have stomped on him in high school. He's a little pipsqueak. That would never, ever, ever fly. No way. I did not enjoy. did not like him as the bully. No way, Jose. I do have a fun fact. So the high school that they're shooting at is called, I think it's called Verduga. Verduga? 
Hills High School, but they shot a lot of like famous movies there. They shot Better Off Dead, 90210, My So-Called Life, and Heather's, which is important only because Rachel True, when she was auditioning for this film, um, she said, well, maybe not auditioning. I think it was before she even got this audition, but she said it was always her dream to star in like a cult classic like Heather's, something that would be like remembered for years to come. And then she shot a cult classic in the same high school that Heather's was shot. Wow. So we see our three boneheads. And as the girls are walking down the hallway, uh, they jokingly try to cover their eyes from the witchy girls who walk by as Nancy kind of stares them down in the hallway. Um, The three, we'll call them witches, uh, gather by Nancy's locker, and Bonnie states that the almanac says that today is going to be an arrival of something. I love how Nancy interjects and says, yeah, I'm getting my rag. I do wish we would bring back calling it a rag. <laughs> I haven't heard yeah. that in a minute. And also, who the fuck's reading an almanac? <laughs> Never in my life. Bonnie? Wow. Bonnie continues to say... Um, a new wholeness within, a new balance. Earth, air, water, fire. Maybe it's our fourth. So now we're getting a little bit of like, these girls are looking, well, at least Bonnie maybe. Bonnie seems the most interested in like reading the signs, waiting for something to happen. You know, I love how Nancy, I mean, they're at their locker and she's just, She has like a hanging rope, like a noose in a her noose. locker. She's got a black noose in her locker. Old mom yeah. too. It's it's kitschy and cute, and I like it. Nancy says, uh, "We don't need a fourth. And Bonnie says that they need someone to call all the corners, so north, south, east, and west. Um, we then enter French class where the teacher is speaking entirely in French and asks uh, Dimwit Mitt a question. (laughs) Who is this guy who, uh, from Clueless? So he struggles to respond uh, in French or even understand the question. And he finally says, oh, you mean, did I get laid? Which, who says that in high school to a teacher? (laughs) Um, New girl Sarah uh, says something under her breath in French and the teacher notices her being able to respond and they start a conversation with each other. Meanwhile, Mitt says, what is that snail trail saying about me? So clever. How clever. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of wanted to steal it. I've never heard anybody say that before. Snail trail feels snail like trail. a reference to uh, the morning after or the walk of shame. Oh, I didn't put that together. Oh, that's filthy. Which maybe it is. <laughs> I definitely um, get that. I'll Brecken. use that. Brecken. Brecken Meyer. Whoa. I'll use that with my community. Snail <laughs> <laughs> trail. Well, you're, again, you're constantly educating us. I had no idea. Um, mm-hmm. Bonnie, who is also in the class, Nev Campbell, uh, starts to notice Sarah who then starts to hold a pencil to her desk and tries to kind of stand it up straight. And while uh, Dumbo tries to argue with the teacher, Sarah manages to get the pencil to stand upright and starts to spin it around hands-free. And when Sarah hears Bonnie's gasp, 
She loses her concentration and the pencil falls to the floor. Bonnie in the next class rejoins her fellow witches and quietly says, she's here. Bonnie lets them know that she is convinced that Sarah is the fourth and that she's the one. So Nancy asks if Bonnie is feeling okay, because this sounds bonkers, um, which kind of shows just how much maybe Nancy doesn't believe, or maybe that's just her personality that she's just like, it's what super you- debatable because a part of me, like my interpretation of her being like, we don't need a fourth, whatever. Like I, I think she just desperately wants to remain kingpin because it's so mm-hmm. obviously that she is the kingpin that they look mm-hmm. to her. Yes. I agree. Um, Sarah walks over to the girls because she's new and asks if she can sit with them because she's supposed to find a lab group. And they just stare at her pretty much. (laughs) And as Sarah starts to walk away, um, Bonnie finally says, no, it's okay. You can sit here. But she has already left the space. Well, she says it so quietly. She's like, no, you you can sit here. It's not the weirdest, like... Yeah, it's a very, it's weird. Um, And then Bonnie says, like, are you happy that, like, we didn't, she didn't sit with us? And then we can kind of tell Nancy's not impressed. Well, but too, she didn't say, like, we have our fourth. There she is and point at her. So they don't know that that's the fourth. I mean, even though, like, they still shouldn't have been a dick to a stranger. But they didn't know that that's who she was talking about. So you get a pass. Okay, so we're going along with our school day, and we see Sarah sitting by herself outside. I'm guessing it's lunchtime. When Mr. Chris sits beside her, you know, I didn't even realize that this fucker had a picked flower in his hand. Like, just a little. I didn't either. I didn't either until I was watching and taking notes. I was like, wow, he really came to the table with some shit. All right. Yeah, he's looking for something. All right. Um, Mm. He says, You're Sarah, right? And then starts to apologize for the way that his dumb friends act in French class. He says, they're assholes. And she responds cleverly with, you know what they say, you are who you hang out with. And (laughs) he doesn't quite get it at first until he says, wait a minute, did you call me an asshole? And she apologizes and says that uh, her defenses are up and people here have been really rude to her. And he asks who, and she says, these three girls that are behind you. She tells him not to stare, but he does one of the old uh, stretching gags. <laughs> the old, oh, mm-hmm. looks over. And I love the way that they're just like posed up against the like, wall. And they're deadpan staring at her too. Nancy's smoking a cig. <laughs> they're not even trying to hide it. They're straight like locked in on her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These witches are posed perfectly under a painting of what appears to be mother mary uh he says shit it's the bitches of eastwick so clever so, so stupid har 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 skeet um he tells her to stay away from them and she asks why and he continues to say you see the one on the right she's a major slut i don't know from experience or anything this oh. is the problem yeah, don't know from experience. Yeah, okay. Me thinks man does protest too much. Hmm? Mm. You know, and even the next line, I feel like, and he says the one in the middle, she's got these burn scars all over her body. I haven't seen them, but friends of mine have. You're like, dude, you are just 
telling some tales. And I think, you know, like, yes, they are all staring intently. All the witches are staring at um, Sarah and Chris talking. But Nancy's really the only one out of them all that's, like, intently staring at them. She's um, always intensely staring. Like, she, she has just the most intense gaze of anybody ever. And I don't know if maybe it's the eyeliner that is just, like, makes it seem, like, so piercing. But she is. When she looks, she looks. You yes. know? Uh, he says, anyway, they're, nah, never mind. And she inquires, and he says, they're witches. And I mean, Nancy... I think that was pretty much uh, a given when you said bitches are beast, <laughs> dumb fuck. But, but sure. I think it's really um, his, the first time that we're hearing, like, someone part of their school actually believes that they're witches. You know, I do have a fun fact about oh, yeah. um, Chris. So Skeet Ulrich plays Chris, and it was actually the hardest character for them to cast. It was the last character they cast. And Robin Tunney knew Skeet Ulrich from New York City, and she was like, you really got to audition him. You really got to get him out here. So they flew him out. He auditioned at, I think, the director's house, and they hired him on the spot. But famously, he really hates himself in this role. He thinks he was just too green. He can't watch it. He like cringes when anybody brings it up. And you know what, though? I, I really have only ever seen him in this and Scream. And he is he's so good in Scream. He's like my biggest crush like ever in Scream. But he's definitely like younger. But I don't know if he's necessarily green. He's, you hate him in this film. He does a good job there. You fucking hate him. You know, it is a shitty character to play, but um, we'll see. What happens? Yeah. Um, Chris diverts the conversation to uh, what Sarah's doing after school. And she casually says, I don't know. Nothing, I guess. And we can tell he's kind of eager to start something with her. And she's somewhat flirting in the conversation. But he forthright says, I'm busy. Football practice. Uh, See, and I already fucking hate him. He pulled a, like, bait and switch on her, asked her what she was doing, like, he was going to ask her out, so she admitted she had nothing to do, and then said, well, I'm busy. Football practice. You much. You terrible person. I can already tell you're going to be, that flower is fooling nobody. Mm -mm. I can already tell. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Either way, she's not so thrilled when she says, mmm, football practice. That is so tempting. But she's flirty um, about it. Like, she does have a good comeback that she's not like, oh, okay. Like, she's, like, flirty and sarcastic back. But you can tell she likes this dude. She likes him. He's got her with his little stupid flower. <laughs> like that. Um, he gets up and walks away to the wonderful song we talked about earlier. Uh, performed by Love Spit Love. This whole soundtrack is like fucking awesome. It's so nineties grunge. Yeah. It's like it's like um, you know, we thought we loved I know what you did last summer soundtrack. And this one is This one is like I'm here and here, you know. This yeah. is such a good mm-hmm. soundtrack. I almost bought it. Um because yeah. it's one of the ones, you know, you can't get all of the songs on Spotify or Apple. You gotta buy the whole soundtrack to mm-hmm. get the full experience. But it's a good one. Mm-hmm. You know, let me just get my studded belt out and uh, all my black clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rock out. I, was say, I know you. I know you remember that time very well. That was that was a deep face. <laughs> um, glorious. Those were glory, mm-hmm. glory. Those were the glory days. They were. Mm. <laughs> um, 
-hmm. Sarah walks over to the football field, watches for a little bit behind the fence. When Nancy from the side says, Sarah, looking for someone? Um, and our three baddies walk up to her. <laughs> she says, oh, no, no, no. And Bonnie goes, some of these football dicks make their girlfriends come and watch them practice as if it's interesting. And I think there's some interesting banter here. You know, R Rochelle mentions to Sarah that, you know, Nancy is sorry about what happened in biology class and lets her know that she's mean to everyone. So don't take it personally. But I love that Nancy doesn't even speak for herself. This is our first kid. Nancy runs this group. She's not even apologizing for herself to the point where Sarah's like, are you Nancy? And she's like, oh, no, she's Nancy. She don't apologize for herself. She just deadpan stares at you with her dark, dark eyeliner eyes. Honestly, though, what I can say is that I feel like all of these actresses are having spot on performances. Like... Uh, especially Fariza Balk. She just like, she is Nancy. Like, she is mm -hmm. so good in this role. Oh, it's so impressive. Like, she is the character. Uh, Sarah says, you're Nancy? And she's kind of looking at Bonnie, and then Nancy holds up her cigarette hand. <laughs> and Bonnie replies, no, this is Nancy. I'm Bonnie, and that's Rochelle. So we get a meet and greet. And <laughs> she says... Hi, I'm Sarah. And then before she can get it out, Bonnie says, yeah, we know who you are. Nancy mm -hmm. cutely says, do you want to go for a coffee? And I think it's funny because we're not, we haven't got this before, but I think she's starting to come around to the idea that like, maybe this girl is special and I kind of want to court her. Right. And uh, she says, you know, Sarah says like, no, I can't. I got to go home. My dad's waiting for me. Mm -hmm. And cool girl Nancy says starts to laugh first of all and then says uh you can make something up I mean Rochelle's ditching practice yeah yeah she's oh, trying to like laugh at right what are you doing yeah we're ditching mm -hmm. we're going to the diner that's where I went smoking cigs at the diner I never ditched class I didn't really have any friends I'm gonna cut that out <laughs> I definitely didn't have any friends in that you absolutely not friends you were just like no i was such a loser in high school i really was i desperately wished i could have had like a little group like this and and nancy's wearing like the coolest like vinyl black like jacket i did read so the director andrew fleming when he like pitched it he said i want it to feel like all of the girls are in the cure like that was his inspiration i feel like nailed it i mean especially with nancy that yeah. jacket but either way i'm in my catholic school boy outfit um did you guys like wear uniforms because you went to uh i went to catholic school up until eighth grade and it was treacherous um <laughs> but yeah we had uniforms <laughs> you know so she looks over and nancy says um they're talking about Chris's, you know, Chris at this point, and and Nancy says he comes on to anything with tits, Sarah, and Bonnie says except for me. So she clarifies. Sarah clarifies that she's not watching Mr. Chris, and Nancy, you know, kind of remarks and said he spreads disease. I speak from personal experience. But the next line, I thought was 
hilarious when she yells at Chris from the sidelines. <laughs> and she's just like, yeah, Chris, go long. Go for the pass, baby. And then he fucking fumbles over his feet in the field. It's hilarious. She's just, she's so surprising, like, because she's such a, like, dark presence. And so you're right. Like, when she was like, want to go for coffee? Or yeah. when she does that, it's like, what? Like, she, she's, you never know what this lady's going to do. And, yeah, it was so out of character for her. And so, yeah, when she does it, it's like, what? And then the girls, you know say you're coming right like we're going shopping or whatever sarah says i don't have any money and nancy says we get a five finger discount you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) on their way to go shopping right um this is where the iconic looks are coming right um the walk scenes are lovely they're delicious Mm. in this like school schoolgirl uniforms but that are just bad to the bone you know what oh, i'm saying yeah. oh like yeah black and white edgy boots you know rochelle's wearing this like sort of like nunnery buttoned up thing but it's like cut off like low and mm, it's yeah. hot. all of it's hot um and they they kind of talking with sarah asking her about why she moved here uh and then nancy finally asks uh, Sarah, what the watch on her hand is for, and she gives in a little bit and says that she slit her wrists, which is sad um, to talk about, and also trigger warning for anyone uh, mm-hmm. talking about yeah. this sort of thing. But I think that Nancy, in this response too, is just another piece of like you know she says that she's sorry for asking her about it. Which is weird because, so for me, when she was like, what's up with that? And she pointed out her wrist. I thought she was just straight up asking her about her scars. I'm like, girl, you know what's up with this. Who the fuck wouldn't know what that, you know? And so then when she's like very sheepishly is like, sorry. I'm like, girl, you knew what that was about. Like, who wouldn't know what that was about? It makes a little more sense because I think when they cut to and you see the scar, like her watch is on. Yeah. Oh, like her squat. Yeah. I thought she was talking about that, but. Maybe um, she was. I that that would be kinder for her if that's the case because if she was just like, "Hey, what's up with them scars on your wrists?" Yeah, it would be a little bit more like, you know. Bonnie's response is even more wild. Wow, you even did it the right way. Mm-hmm. And then Nancy's saying, "Punk rock," and yeah. I was like, "This is like the most like high school." like interaction of the whole movie like i feel like the rest of the movie they seem very grown up almost and this is the the, this is a moment that is so like adolescent i honestly think it's another you know nancyism where she's trying to make her feel comfortable Mm. and that it's not that big of a deal like we've all been through shit right so we've all dealt with some stuff and you know we want to continue doing bad things but also um, you're one of us. That's fucking cool. That's punk rock. Uh. So in the next scene, they enter the, uh, what I'm going to call either the witch store or the apothecary or whatever you want to call it. The like <laughs> occult that store, the, wit- the potion store. Yeah. The potion store. Potions. You know, mm-hmm. and they're taking a casual look around and then Bonnie is uh, close to Sarah looking at a book and she's, Tell Sarah to put it in her bag. And Sarah declines, but 
she goes on some tangent about how like big animals steal from little animals and this is where i said like sarah really like has some balls and bonnie is like hey put this in your purse and she's like no like no i'm not gonna do that and bonnie tries to defend it and and sarah's still like no not gonna do it and good for her just mm, tough sticking in strong so um they start walking uh, around more and it's turning night at this point and they're in and a very like obviously dark part of la it's like very shady shadyville yes. yeah shadyville we see some folks who are you know begging her for money and then on the street we see the guy who showed up at the house from before and he says hey i know you i got a snake for you wait a second i have to talk to you i had a dream about you and sarah's frantically running running away um, which again good for her because i'd be like really what happened in the dream i would add a lot of follow-up questions for this man and good on her for being like no you're crazy you know right. no and then he kind of calls out and he says in my dream you were dead i'm talking to you don't you run away from me she runs across the street he says i know what i'm talking about i'm in touch with manon and the three girls all look towards him as he is also trying to cross the street after sarah and all our three witches are directly looking at him but then Sarah, towards the end, is also sort of the fourth to look towards him. And then mm -hmm. homeboy gets run over by like, a car. head run over. Like, he is run over. Okay, like, let me just say, he his head does get run over. But this, these effects, not it. I was going to say, like, his head, like, they literally show his head going under the wheel. And then they show him just kind of, like, with a <laughs> It's bad. <laughs> It's real bad. It's not great. It's not great. But hey, we get the picture. He didn't make it. So Bonnie goes up to Sarah after this guy gets run over and like people are checking on him and she's like, we got to get out of here. So they all run towards their little sort of like setup in the trees and they are so excited to talk about what just happened. All three of them are just like uh, over the moon, yeah. like, which is. Got a bit of a red flag. Yeah. I mean, somebody just got run over and they're like, oh my God, did you see what just happened? Oh my God, that's crazy. Uh, they, they see that as like a sign. Like we just killed a man. We were all looking at him at the same time. We were all thinking the same thing. And I think they even asked her, they're like, were you thinking it? Were you thinking like, oh, I want, you know, and she's like, yeah, I was. And they're like, well, that's it. Rochelle is like, well, maybe Minon will, will Minon, Minon. I fucking don't like this. <laughs> I hate that they made his name so goddamn difficult. Menon, Menon. That's what I'm gonna say. So maybe she, Rochelle's like, maybe Menon will finally listen. Sarah's like, do you? What do you worship? The devil? Nancy's like, no. It's like God and the devil. I mean, it's everything. It's the trees. It's the ground. It's the earth. The moon. It's everything. And then she does make a reference and say like. If the god and devil were playing football, Manon would be the stadium that they played in or the sun that showed down upon them. And Bonnie says, like, does this stuff happen to you a lot? Because she's trying to understand Sarah's, like, Gift. Uh, power. Yeah. Sort yeah. Of. Um, Sarah says, 
like she this like stuff like this has happened to her before but it always gets messed up like she'll yes. like really really want it to rain and she'll think about it and think about it and then like a pipe will burst in her room and so it, it never works out the way that she wants it to nancy kind of doesn't believe her she's like yeah right like you can't do that sort of thing but she does say if you can do that have you ever heard of invoking the spirit sarah says no and she's kind of confused and nancy said it's when you call him Manon, you take him into you. It's like he fills you. He takes everything that's going wrong in your life and makes it all better again. Uh, A lot of sexual innuendos here. It's like you take him into you. It's like he fills you. Uh, Dirty. It sounds dirty. You know, the way I saw this is kind of like uh, Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost, where the guy, like, goes into her, which I know- That's a much more innocent version. I don't know. Every time they talk about this, I'm like, "Mm." Um, And Sarah says, nothing makes everything all better again. And again, Sarah, like, standing her ground. I wish I had that type of, like, fortitude. I don't know if that's the right word. But, like, she just is tough. Like, yeah. you know, I, she doesn't care about hitting also men. a part of her character's arc, too, you know, because mm-hmm. we don't really know the backstory. But I also right. think it's, you know, nothing really makes everything better because maybe she's tried, you right. know, all different ways, you know, especially with what we find out. Yeah. Um, and then Nancy says, well, maybe it's not for you. And Sarah gets up and starts to leave. And she says, like, you guys are freaking me out. She's kind of scared. And she walks away. And the other girls are like, Nancy, we need her. And casual, Nancy is just like, yeah, like a hole in the head. (laughs) One of many, many good quotes from Nancy. She's such a dick in this scene. Oh, she's scared. She's scared. And again, she scares me so much. Nancy's character is so scared. I would never want to cross her. So again, for for Sarah to have the ground to like stand up to her and be like, I'm fucking out of here. Y'all are weird is really special. And I have so much respect for her. Ain't easy. It ain't ain't easy being sleazy. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And then we get Sarah in the next scene starting to hang out with old Chris. And they're so cool. They're on top of the buildings. And they're talking sort of negatively about people and drinking a brewski. I think these stupid lines, you know, any boys trying to say like, you have a good head. The fuck? I'm going to start using that. I'm going to go out on a date and I'm going to say, you know what? You have a really good head. He's going to (laughs) say. It's going to go real, I was about to say it's going to go real south, and it might. Which would even further tumble into the joke. This is just such a high school interaction, laughing at a guy you think is cute, stupid, like he wasn't even being funny, like her head's big, you know, she's her head's big, what? And it, like, they have this like really stupid interaction, and I'm like, my god, I'd rather be alone for the rest of my life. Then have to like have a conversation like that where you're like, you know, trying to make a guy think he's funny and like they're clearly not getting to know one another whatsoever. And it's just like, a, it's it's very high school. And it's just like, oh, blinded. God. 
fucking awful. She's, she's blinded by the features of Skeet Ulrich. Um, yeah, who the fuck is? And he he is so good looking. I will say that, but I do think. What's that now? <laughs> Maybe not my type. Uh, but you know, he's. What about in Scream? You don't think he's a babe in Scream? The ultimate bad boy, Billy Loomis? Oh, I think he's so handsome in Scream. You know, if we're if we're gonna just dive into Scream a little bit, I had more of a crush on Matthew Lillard. Really? Yeah. I did. You know, everybody goes after the main guy. Or I mean, like well, you but, know, everybody but... you know, everybody was uh into like Justin Timberlake and in sync or whoever the main guy was in the I always like Lance. I was which is so telling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, Mr. Fatone, way better. Way better. A little uh a little scruffy. I mean Justin's hot, but what about JC? You know? So anyway, we're mm-hmm. back on the rooftop. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're having His a friend conversation. Leave. You know, they're pairing off. Other friends going home with a girly. Uh and he offers Sarah to go back to his place because no one's there. He and doesn't even offer. He's like, let's go back to my place. Like, he just, it's a statement, you know, which. Skeet. Mm. And Sarah's like, I don't want to go. She literally says, I don't want to go. And then she like quick is like, uh, I got to get home. But she says, like, no. Mm-hmm. Which. Mm-hmm. God, snaps for this girl. Snaps. Constant respect. Honestly, her even asking, like, are you mad? And the way in which he says, no. I'm not mad. Unbelievable. Ugh. And when I say that, I mean, it's not believable. Not at all. You, you know. know what, though? I kind of believed him when she's like, are you mad? He's like, no, I'm not mad. It's okay. I don't. I think he even offers to drive her home. Maybe like it. It. He seems disappointed. He seems disappointed, but he doesn't seem pissed. Not enough to do the shit that guy does. When will he, this? When will these boys learn? Never. You know, boys are trash. We're just gonna continuously talk about the tropes of these fuckers in horror movie, where they're always trying to get the sex on. Um, something bad always happens. Always. Moral, moral of the story. Mm-hmm. She even says she's sorry. Uh, he appears to be okay with it uh, until the next day at school. Sarah's in bio. Her girlies come up to her and ask her how the hot date went last night uh, and let her in on the fact that Mr. Chris has been telling the whole school that they had sex. He's been saying that she's the lousiest lay that he's ever had. And from him, that's pretty bad. Motherfucker. The scene is upsetting um, for several reasons. Fucking Chris Hooker. Chris Hooker. What a scumbag. But also, when they come up to her, Nancy says, like, I told you he was a jerk. And Rochelle said, he said the same thing about Nancy. Mm -hmm. Like, I think this fucking, I think Chris Hooker has just done a lot of damage to a lot of ladies. And, you know, my favorite quote from uh, Mr. Tony Robbins is, rejection breeds obsession. And it's so true. 
when somebody rejects you, you just become obsessed with with impressing them and getting them back. Have you seen the next the Netflix special? <laughs> Tony Robbins? Nope. Changed my life. It's so good. But the, the one of the one of the people in the audience, like they were so upset because their dad it was something with their dad, and they just couldn't get over. It. And he said that line, "Rejection breeds obsession." I was like, "That is a that literally explains my entire dating life because I only really care about men when they reject me, and then it becomes like an obsession of like, what is it? What? Why? 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 And I must get them. And it's like a game. And so I think for everybody, I think for Sarah, as we see later on when she does the love spell on Chris, and I think for Nancy, I think everybody especially at that age high school is such a trash time when you don't even know what the fuck is what and so i think chris hooker is such a prick and i think he just has a ton of i hate men like that i've known so many men like that and it's just like i think he really did a number on these ladies really fucked with their psyche and so i think even like that's why i said i think even like nancy is still like hung up on him you know, I love when we both see something, you know, like a scene differently. Because so I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. god, that's, I never thought about that. But mm. interesting take, you know? Yeah. Um, in this next scene, Sarah goes up to Chris in the hallway. and his little, He's at his locker. Uh, him and the boys in the hallway. <laughs> and she confronts him. She looks at him and says, hey, can I talk to you for a sec? And good old Mitt steps in as his secretary and says, I'm sorry, Chris isn't here right now. Something like that. Can I take a message? As he, as he turns away from her and she like stares at him directly and says, why did you lie? And he grabs her hand. This is the part where he shows exactly who he really is. And he says, look, I don't want to go out with you again. Please stop begging. Pathetic. I want fire to shoot out of and my you know, eyes. And this, this is the most <laughs> upsetting. And and for her to have the balls to go up to him and and confront him about it is just like I have such respect for her because you know what I would have done? I would have went around and said, Yeah, you know, we did have sex. He had a teeny penis, and there's not a lot I could do with it. And <laughs> I would have taken the coward's route 1,000%. I would have taken the coward's route, but she didn't. She took the high ground, and she went to him and said, why the fuck did you do that? Which was such an adult baller move. And for him to to do that, he is such a piece of trash in this movie. I hate him in this movie. That was so personally upsetting, Mm -hmm. but I I have so much respect for her doing that. That was not easy. That little... Freckin' Meyer coming in. He's busy. Oof. <laughs> Awful. You know, stupid ass fuckers. Um, but also I felt like her comeback could have been a little harder, if I'm being honest. Well, she hey, was Chris. crying. She Fuck was you. crying. Oh. It's a very sad scene because I feel for her in this moment. Men are trash. It's very, very dark. It's very bleak. Yeah. I mean, then it's just negated because once she says that, uh, what does he says? Nah. He... And then his <laughs> friend is like, but I will. And then Mr. Clueless says, 
she's gonna cry, then I'm gonna cry, then we're all gonna cry. Fucking goons. So, then we get to Rochelle at diving practice, uh, and she is standing on the board, the diving board, when whispers from Miss Laura and her friend are coming from... Laura Lizzie. Laura Which I didn't realize that was her name. Laura Lizzie. Laura Lizzie. Mm -hmm. And she is whispering with her friend, like, oh my god, watch watch what this... Watch what I'm gonna do. Watch what's gonna happen. Rochelle takes a step and goes to dive, and then Laura yells, shark! And sort of breaks Rochelle's concentration, and she lands on her back in the water, which looked very painful. Um, and then she comes up to the surface, and they're just clapping for her. It's like really depressing, um, mean girl shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you do this to anyone? It's messed yeah. up. And then in the locker, I, I want to call it a locker room, but I guess yeah. it's just like, you know. The girl's room. Laura, man, just goes off and says, is talking to her friend and she says, oh, look what I just found, a pubic hair in my brush. And then she looks at it and she says, oh, wait, that's just one of Rochelle's little nappy hairs. Fuck. Dark. Very. <laughs> Very. Like, mean girl beyond... Mean girl, messed up. Yeah. Um, I literally wrote, oh my God. And then Rochelle confronts her and says, why are you doing this to me, Lara? Um, do you think you're funny? And and again, she's another one that has some balls. She's not just going to take it. Like, she's like, what the fuck is your problem? Which I just, God, I have so much respect for these people. Yeah. I would never have done that. Not in high school. Not now. No. Never confront a bully so god i have so much respect for her mm. and laura says you really want to know why and she basically says that she doesn't like black people um with a terrible racial slur and i was just like it's so fucked up and also i did read too that what is her name rachel true rachel true that after the fact that they didn't really include her in any of the like press releases or any of the like fanfare stuff, which is really fucking stupid. I read that too, that um, this, this part was originally written for a white girl and she was yeah. supposed to be bulimic yes. and they, they changed it. So Rachel true was actually the first person that they cast and they changed it for her because she was they liked her so much and she, they just felt like she was so right for the role so they completely changed the role to include this like racist bullying but it's just so dark because i did i read that too that they they cut her out of all the publicity and they they only really included her when the other girls were like no we're not doing it without her they included her in it but it was just like it was in the movie and you decided to <laughs> like to do like it was just such a terrible look for the 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 people that were doing the publicity considering her role in the movie that they would do such a thing she had more lines than nev campbell like she was a bigger role than than nev campbell and so it, it's just so upsetting she's one of four like they are all equal parts of this four group 
And so yeah. it's very sad it that is. they thought to exclude her. And when I was listening to, I think it was page seven's podcast about it. And the reasoning was just that they didn't think a black audience would be interested in a witchcraft movie. They just didn't think there was an audience for it. So they didn't think there was a reason to include her in the press junkets and the, so it's just like stupid. Absolutely. She's a really vital part of this movie. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Then we get to Bonnie in the surgical center and we finally get to see uh, sort of the scars that are on her body and they're trying a new treatment um, where we just basically see these needles poking into her back. It's kind of um, graphic. It's kind of interesting. Um, but she wants to, you know, her goal is to get rid of all of her scarring. Right. And the the doctor, she makes it a point to say that it is a very um, experimental treatment and there's no real results. So we're not sure if it's going to work and it's experimental. Uh, so then we cut to Nancy. She's walking home to her trailer in the rain in her good old vinyl coat. And we walk in and we kind of immediately, immediately realize that she doesn't have a good home life. Like her, her mom's an alcoholic and her dad is kind of abusive slash an alcoholic as well. It's clear that like she's in a kind of a dark space. So then we cut back to biology class the girls are are hanging and nancy turns to sarah and says like hey you know we're going on a field trip you're coming with us and this is one of my favorite scenes i love the image of these girls in the back of this bus and nancy is like sitting like biker chick with like her like red sunglasses on and there's like some young girls like looking back at her and the music is playing. It's just like a terrific image. Um, they get off the bus. And this is a very iconic moment. The bus driver says, you girls watch out for those weirdos. And Nancy turns to him. She tips down her red sunglasses and says, we are the weirdos, mister. Which, so badass. But also, I do think he was talking about, like, like rapists, <laughs> like murderers. I don't think he was talking about a couple of teenage outcasts, perhaps. Um, so they all go into the woods to perform their um, kind of coven ceremony. They all hold up a knife to each other's throats one by one and say, it is better that you should rush upon this blade than to enter this circle with fear in your heart. How do you enter? And each of them says, with perfect love and with perfect trust. And then they give each other like a little smooch. I do think this is a fun time to mention that the filmmakers did hire a Wiccan practitioner um, as like kind of a set technical advisor, um, just as far as like giving them advice on the spells and um she actually became like very integral to the entire movie they they did um make up minnow because mm-hmm. pat was very insistent that they not use a uh, existing deity because she thought she felt like it would be really dangerous and i totally agree i think it, it would would absolutely this is just shit that you don't really mess with um 
So anyway, they are performing this ceremony. This is kind of the first ceremony we get of the coven that they're coming together as for. This is a very important moment. Um, so they do this knife ceremony and they all do their little smoochies. Everything's good. And then they all do like a little dagger to the finger, put their blood in a cup, mix it with red wine, and they all drink it. And as they're drinking it, they say, I drink of my sisters and ask. And they each put in their request. So Rochelle is first and she performs a spell and she basically asks for revenge on Laura Lizzie, who has been bullying her. And then we get Sarah. She performs basically a love spell and she wants Chris to love her. And I, 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 I'm not going to judge her on it. And she even says, like, you know, I know it's pathetic. And she has a picture of him. And where did she get that picture? <laughs> she has a and there's a picture of him that she puts in and she performs a love spell on Chris. Bonnie performs a spell and she basically requests for um for beauty. She wants her scars to be taken away. Beautiful and inside and out. Inside and out. And Nancy wants power baby. She requests for all of the power of Manon. She just, she wants to be an all-powerful being. And then she drinks the rest of the cup. The goblet. The goblet. They look up and there's a million butterflies fluttering above them. And they take this as a sign that Manon is, Manon. It's going to be really hard. That Manon Blessed is. Blessed be. <laughs> that... Blessed be. <laughs> Feminon is really listening to them. They're on their way to greatness, baby. They take this as a huge sign, these butterflies. So the next day, it is very clear that Sarah's spell specifically is working out. They're in class, and Chris is looking back at her. Like, all of a sudden, like, it's literally like he was shot by lightning, and all of a sudden, he just is, like, looking at her. Like, looking at her. Gazing, and they're a walk. They're walking to mass, and in the midst of this, Chris runs up to her, and kind of apologizes. Not really. He's like, "Hey, um, Sarah, you hate me, right?" And she's like, "No." He's like, "Oh, well, you know, because I'm a guy, and when you're a guy." guys expect things of you and so i said some things that were maybe not true and she's like well did you tell everybody that you know you're a lying piece of shit and he's like oh well no but i will and she's like okay and he kind of like follows her into the church like a puppy dog and is i mean it's it's very overt how much it's not like a subtle spell like he is all of a sudden obsessed with sarah Yep. And he follows her into the pew and he sits next to her and clueless Travis is like, were you Stepford boy? He like makes fun of him. And it, it's it's just like such an overt moment because it's clear that he is under some type of something. So then next scene, they're at Bonnie's. They're having a sleepover. And while they're there, Sarah suggests that they play. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. 
they don't really know what it is. And she's like, so it's when, you know, you gather around a girl and you put your fingers underneath her and you say, you know, light as a feather, stiff as a board, light as a feather, and you imagine her like rising up. And so Rochelle gets in the middle and they all go underneath her and they, they do their thing and they imagine it. And shock of shocks, she lifts up. And the thing I am most struck by in this scene is that when Nancy and, like, especially Nancy and Sarah, when they open their eyes, they're, like, utterly shocked. She's like, did, did they not feel a human being, like, rising up underneath their fingers? Like, it is a very, look, here's the thing. I've played this many times, and it's never worked out. And it's so disappointing. When it doesn't work out, it's very embarrassing. It's almost embarrassing. It's not. It is embarrassing. It's embarrassing when it doesn't work out for you. And so, if it were to ever work out for me, I would. I would know. It's a very distinct thing. And um, but I think if if the powers are all around you and you're concentrating on saying a spell and doing whatever, and you're closing your eyes, and then it actually it doesn't feel. It feels like they're light as a feather. You know. Then. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I've never been successful. So maybe it feels like nothing is happening and you have risen someone up, but they are able to rise Rochelle right up. Just like, boop. Yeah. And it's an amazing moment. It's iconic. It's cool beyond. Yeah. And um, I think they're also sort of the same, like, realization as when they made something happen with the guy getting run over like they're also surprised that it's like yeah. working <laughs> and then like directly after this we get like this epic montage to dangerous type by letters to cleo and the girls are walking all over the school and they're just it's like a very different energy that they're exerting like miss misconfident Listen, they know what they can do now. So they are sporting all of the don't fuck with me attitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's short. A very different energy. So the next day at diving practice, um, Rochelle is going up the diving board and we look over and we see um, Laura Lizzie coming out of the pool and she takes off her swim cap. And her hair is, um, it's gone. It's straight up gone. She takes off this cap and it's not like a few, you know, errant hairs. It's like clumps, like her, like her scalp is showing and it is like red, like her hair is fucking falling out. We can tell that her spell is, um, working. Yeah. And then right after that, we dive into Bonnie. She's at the hospital. They are removing, you know, the garb from what they did to her earlier with the experimental treatment, and they're taking it off. And as they're taking it off, the doctor is like, oh, my God, it worked. The scars are gone. It's like this giant miracle. Comes off like dry skin like nothing so the next day she doesn't show up for class and sarah and rochelle are talking like oh i, I know she had her appointment and then all of a sudden boom 
she walks in misconfident like low-cut shirt sorry my pedicure ran late and like she's a different lady i mean if she was wearing if we look at that first scene or first couple scenes where she's wearing that baggy overall her hairs and her face she's like a little ally sheedy in breakfast club just a tad and now she is showing up as molly ringwald So the next scene, all the girls are outside and they're talking about it. They're like laying on the quad and Sarah's, you look beautiful. You look great. Everybody, like all three of them are just like so fucking happy on the quad because everybody's spells is, are really working out. And in the background, <laughs> we see Nancy who is salty as fuck. Like she just looks like menacing. Like she is upset, you know? And uh, she walks off and Sarah's like, you know, what's wrong with her? And Rochelle says, oh, you know, I think she's upset that her stall's not working. You know, she doesn't want to be white trash anymore. And I told her, like, you know, you're white, which is a funny joke. But I do think it's important to distinguish, like, her her wish was to take in all the power of Manon. Like she, like she didn't wish to not be white trash. She wanted to be all powerful, being Jafar. She wanted this like mega moment for herself. So it wasn't just that she didn't want to be trashed. Mm-hmm. So we're back at Nancy's house, and her dad goes to abuse her stepmom, mm-hmm. and Nancy screams and yells at him, "You pig!" She starts a fire behind her, and then the dad has a heart attack. Yeah. Um, Poof, dead, he's gone. He dies, just like that. So the next scene, they are in their trailer. They're talking to an insurance agent after the funeral, clearly. And the insurance agent is kind of dancing around it, but he's like, you know, with an insurance lot this size i have to ask questions and the mom is like what are you what are you talking about what how what size and he's like well um it's one hundred seventy five thousand dollars." and they're like one hundred seventy five thousand dollars. like that goes to us and he's like yeah and, they're like, oh! <laughs> and they like lose their mind they freak out they act like it's a million dollars and i'm like i'm really happy for them but also you know what they live in los angeles and um, that money is going to go bye-bye really fucking quick. But to them, it is a godsend. It, it might as well be a billion dollars. The next scene is the girls. So Bonnie, Rochelle, and Sarah walking to her new, like, fancy high-rise apartment. And one of them asks, like, do you think we killed them? And Sarah is the one that's like, no, no, we didn't kill him. No, like, it wasn't us. Like, not at all. <laughs> um, which is very positive of her because i don't know about that maybe maybe she's right maybe she's wrong um so they are walking up to this high rise in their really cool outfits sarah's got a beret on fun and bonnie notices a guy and says nice ass (laughs) i love it so they roll up (laughs) to to nancy's new apartment and her mom opens the door in this like fabulous purple ensemble 
hair curled, like welcomes them in. And it's like, oh my God, girls, come on in. Look at this new couch. Look at this new couch I got. Look at this. I just walked up to the store owners and I said, you know what? Wrap it up. I want it. And then she's got that. And she literally the entire apartment is just this tiny fashionable couch and a jukebox full of Connie Francis, which so much respect. And then the girls go back to Nancy's room. And Sarah tells them, you know what, I, I read this thing about glamouring. I think you guys would be really interested in it. And basically glamouring is just when you can um, trick someone into seeing something that's not there. Which, my God, I wish I had that power. That'd be so fucking cool. So she's kind of trying to show them the ropes and and show them how to do it and so at first she shows them like okay like and she she lifts it and her eyes turn from green to brown they're not impressed they're like "Mm, you know the contacts that's nothing she's like you want something bigger yeah we want something bigger so she says this is to feel this is to be shape and form it for all to see by the power of three times three as i will it so it shall be <laughs> and she changes her hair from brown to blonde in this unbelievable magic you look like the denarius <laughs> And so Power three times three. So I wish it it shall be. And so all of a sudden she has blonde hair and they're all so motherfucking impressed. The next scene, Sarah is sleeping at home. Uh when Chris calls out beyond her window and she goes outside. It's three AM. She's like Three motherfucking AM. This guy on the side of the building romeo and juliet rapunzel and chris calls out to her she comes outside she's like what the fuck are you doing here and he's like you know why didn't you why didn't you answer my call and she's like it's 3 a.m and her dad comes outside he's like what are you doing here so this is just like a clear indication that her love spell has gone bad and fun fact, in the Wicca religion, um, you're never supposed to cast a love spell on an actual human being. You're really just supposed to put your intention out there like, this is what I am open to, come find me. You're never supposed to take somebody's free will. That is like very much the antithesis of what the religion is supposed to represent. You're never supposed to take somebody's free will. And so, of course... This is going to backfire on her. So then they cut back to, they're in the same magic store that they were in at the beginning of the movie. And Sarah is talking to the owner and she asks her how to undo a love spell. And the owner says, "Mm, nah, baby girl, can't do that. You know, you got to let it run its course. You just, you can't just like stop some shit once you cast it. Like once you cast it, it's over. Basically, you should have thought about it before you did it. Um, I think it's Bonnie says, like, are you ever going to let us know what's behind that curtain? And Sarah jokes, like, oh, is it black magic? And the owner says, true magic is neither white or black. 
it's both because nature is both. The only good or bad is in the intention of the witch, in the intention in the heart of the witch. Um, and whatever you send out comes back to you times three. And this is very motherfucking important later in the movie. So um, while they're talking, Nancy is off on her own and she finds this book entitled The Invocation of the Spirit. And she starts flipping through it. And as she's flipping through it, one of the pictures in the book, which is the storm, comes alive. And her eyes get big and, you know, she's, she all of a sudden has a connection with this book and she brings it up to the register and she says, you know, I want to buy this book. And the owner says, hmm, you want to invoke the spirit. You must be experienced to do this. It's very dangerous. And Nancy says, I'm a big girl. How much is it? And the owner says, 25 bucks. And I'm like, yo, how dangerous. <laughs> you found this book for 25 bucks? This is that day. Like, and, and come to find out how motherfucking dangerous this book is. And she's selling this shit for 25 bones. And she said already before, she's like, you know, somebody, you got to be experienced to do this. Well, clearly, if you the good witch, you know that this bitch ain't ready. She is not capable with this fucking manin, mano, minnow. I don't know what his name is. No. And then they're going to the beach to recreate this scene that she saw in the book. Lightning and thunder. Fuck. She ain't ready. And the owner knew that. I think you're right. I think that's why the owner was like, it's very dangerous. Are you sure? Give me 25 bucks. I don't really care. I don't enjoy this. <laughs> I think it's very foreboding. And at the very least, the owner should have charged 50 bucks. That's what I think. But 50,000. Very least. But she don't. And so the very next scene is the girls heading to the beach to invoke the spirit. Um, no holds barred. They each are carrying something that represents their sign. So. Rochelle is carrying a fish, Bonnie is carrying a butterfly, Sarah a bird, and Nancy motherfucking stink, which, you know, says so much about what Nancy. What is that? Water, air, earth, and fire? Right. <laughs> they are sitting in a circle, and as they're sitting in a circle, Sarah is kind of confiding in Nancy specifically about when she was cutting her wrists about how she kept hallucinating these visions of snakes and bugs and and no matter what she did and no matter how many times she closed her eyes, like she just kept picturing it and they just wouldn't disappear, these visions of these snakes. And Nancy says the serpent is a very powerful being. You should respect it. And I'm like, dog, did you hear what she said? Like, she didn't say she was stepping on snakes. She said, I was hallucinating things. That's not at all what she said. And it says so very much about Nancy's state of mind and how she is not even fucking listening to a goddamn word anybody is saying because all she is really picturing is her power. Nancy kind of dismisses her 
and says, all right, are we going to do this? And they all stand up and they begin to call the corners. Nancy says, hail to the guardians of the watchtowers of the east, powers of air and invention, hear us. And they all, like one by one, south fire and feeling, west water and intuition, they all by one by one call their corners. And we get some extremely sexual innuendos from Nancy once more. And then she gets struck by lightning as she's shouting, you know, Mano, fill me. And then we cut to black. We wake up the next day. The girls are waking up on the beach and they look over and they see Nancy walking on water. And this is, I honestly, in my opinion, this is the creepiest moment of the film. And as she's walking up, um, we hear some kind of screams from a side and they look over and there are all of these sharks that are dead on the water line. And Nancy gets extremely excited and says, This is a gift! These are my gifts! I think we figured out that Manon's love language is gifts. <laughs> He's a terrible gift giver. You don't want him as your secret Santa. I think this is the worst he's ever i hate this so then the next scene they are driving in her red convertible ah. once again they're gonna run out of money you know what <laughs> los angeles they're living in a high rise and she's a brand new red convertible those gals are gonna be out of money really quick but they are riding in her red convertible and Nancy is just drunk with power. And it is so clear that Sarah is freaked out. She's like, you know what, girls, like, let's take a step back. You know, sharks are dying. Things are not going the way that they wanted them to go. So she does not succeed in convincing them to give up their power you know she they're their runaway train and she is obviously the only grounded person here which is so ironic because she is earth and she's the only grounded person in this party so the next scene they're back in the locker room and michelle comes upon laura lizzie who is like full-on ben franklin at this point like her hair is fucking gone it is like literally bald on top hair around the edges like it is gone she's in a bad spot and you can tell rochelle feels badly but you know what i do think punishment fits the crime and that very rarely happens in movies like this it's like a carry moment i mean she does say what did i do to deserve this as she's pulling out her hair when clearly we're like <laughs> girl so many you things kidding? You did so many things. Come on. And then we cut to a scene where Sarah's on her balcony and she's on the phone with Chris and he is begging her to go out with him. So she agrees and, and they go out together. And the next scene is them like literally driving in the middle of nowhere and then parked talking in the middle of nowhere. And she's kind of trying to confide in him. And he's clearly not really listening to her um so she says aren't we supposed to go to a restaurant and he slowly says no 
And I'm like, girl, run. This ain't good. And she says, I think you should take me home. And he responds with, let me give you a back rub. And she immediately is like, you know what? No. Uh, she gets out of the car to try to walk home. And he runs after her. She runs up the hill and trips. Yeah. And he takes advantage of that. And he jumps on top of her and tries to rape her. She knees him in the balls and runs away. And she runs through the woods to somehow to Rochelle's house. She knocks on the door. Rochelle opens the door and is like, Sarah, what's wrong? And um, they take her in. And all of the girls at this point, I guess, come to Rochelle's house to comfort Sarah and talk about what happened. And to her credit, Nancy is incredible in this scene. Like, she is just, like, positively lethal. Like, hearing about what Chris did to her. and. She just looks like Mama Bear. Um, I also do think it's important to note that her hair. So throughout the entire movie, her hair is in like this like slicked back little baby bun. And after she has taken in the power of Menon, she is a different human being. And her hair, like she looks like Medusa in this scene. Like it is just like chaos. It's unbelievable. And so she's taking in what... Sarah is telling her, and um, she asks where Chris is, and Rochelle is the one that's like, well, I think he's probably at Trey's party, but Sarah's like, no, like, please, I don't want you to mess with him. I don't, I don't want to deal with this at all. Like, let's just leave it alone, and Nancy's like, mm, mm-mm. and she walks out the door with this, like, unbelievable look in her eye, so Nancy goes to the party. And as soon as she walks in, Chris notices her, immediately runs up to her and is like, is Sarah here? And she beckons him upstairs. And so they go into this bedroom. Chris immediately lays on the bed like, I guess he's tired. And Nancy immediately crawls on top of him, is is kind of trying to seduce him. We don't really know what her end game is here. But she's on top of him and she's talking about what a good time they used to have together. And don't you remember? And he pushes her off of him and is like, Ew, you're gross. And she starts kind of like crying. And she's like, oh, God. <laughs> and I, I actually do think that is sincere. Like, I think he actually probably fucking did hurt her feelings big time. And I don't blame her. I hate this guy so much in this movie. He's such a piece of shit. He's awful. You can tell, like, you do think she is affected. And then something comes over her, and she, she, I guess, realizes the power that she has. And she does this, and she turns herself into Sarah with a glamour. glamour. And she, like, laughs. It's like, ha-ha, it's me. And she crawls. <laughs> She crawls on top of Chris and is like, make love to me. And in the midst of this, a taxi rolls up to the party filled with Sarah, Bonnie, and Rochelle. They walk in and they run into immediately Laura Lizzie. She's in a terrible wig. (laughs) This is is the Laura Lizzie wig. 
disheveled. It's awful. It's awful. It's some, if you put it like a little flip at the end of it, it would be like identical. It's a, a very bad wig. With a it's like, like a very Brady wig. A very Brady wig and like a um a a weird chopped bang with like <laughs> with like a poof. Laura Lizzie pulls Rochelle aside, says, Hey, listen, we assume she apologizes, but we don't really know. And then Sarah for somehow knows the right room to walk into and she walks into the room where Nancy and Chris are and she walks in on them and you know Chris is making out with Nancy and he looks over and he sees Sarah and he thinks he's making out with Sarah so he looks over at her and he like fucking freaks out and he gets jumps off the bed and looks at Nancy and is like you're a witch and she's kind of like laying back on the bed. And she's like, "Ooh," and he's kind of trying to decipher what's happening. Nancy says, "Like she's a witch too. That's how she got you to fall in love with her. Like, don't you know it?" And then Chris says, "You're just jealous." And Nancy says, "Jealous, jealous." You don't even exist to me. You are nothing. You are shit. And she gets up off the bed, like fucking monster size. And he kind of like scurries away. She kind of like raises up off the ground just to her tippy toes just so her like tiptoes are dragging on the floor just her boots which is very spooky she says the only way you know how to treat women is as whores when you're the whore and chris says i'm sorry (laughs) which like buddy Read the room. That ain't going to do nothing. (laughs) I'm not going to do nothing. Too late. So he says, I'm sorry. And she says, oh, he's sorry, 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 sorry. She starts like shaking her head. And (laughs) And the doors to the window open. And he is like pushed out. And he falls off the roof. It's a very iconic moment. And I do just think Chris should have realized that I'm sorry in that moment was not going to cut the salami. And uh, it didn't. It didn't work out for him. Um, Nancy didn't care. (laughs) And there he goes. He's out the window. It's done. He's gone. He's gone. And deceased. Bye. Just like this and we don't really miss him. He was a piece of duty. I hated that guy. He was the worst character. And it was so upsetting because I love Skeet Ulrich so much. So very much. He means so much to me. I'm going to marry him one day. Manifesting it with my candles. Sarah's very upset. The next scene, she is like in her bed. She's crying about it. Her dad is trying to console her. She's like, don't touch me. Everything I touch turns to shit. Don't touch me. Um, She also says, I didn't want him to get hurt. I liked him. I think he was a good guy underneath it all. 
Girl. <laughs> Girl. Girl, you said he was a nice guy? He was not a good guy. You were not a good guy. Kiki. He wasn't a good guy. He was awful. Um, <laughs> the next scene, she's obviously very upset about what happened, and she is afraid of Nancy and what Nancy is capable of. So the next scene, she has a picture of the four of them, and she is cutting Nancy out of it and, and doing a binding spell. I bind you. I bind you, Nancy, from doing harm to yourself and harm to others. Next day at school, like she's clearly in um, a very disgruntled mindset. And she goes into the bathroom at school and, and locks herself in the stall and just needs a minute. And they pop open that door. And Nancy's hair is just like full on Medusa at this moment. Like it, she is not okay. They ask her why she wants to leave the circle. And she says, like, people are dying. Shit's getting really scary. And Nancy says, they deserved it. And Sarah says, okay, look, I'm out. Like, I'm done with this. I don't want to be a part of it anymore. And Nancy says, well, fine. You know, we, we don't need a fourth. Right, girls? Like, too many. And they're all like, mm -mm, yeah, we don't need it. And I'm like, y'all would be nothing without Sarah. She's the only one with actual natural witch abilities. Y'all would be fucking shit without Sarah. It's very bothersome to me how much they think they would matter without her. They wouldn't be nothing without her. They will learn. They will learn. And they tell her that she should really think about leaving the school or the city. Or maybe even the planet. They don't know. Nancy says, in the old days, when a witch would think about leaving her coven, they would kill her. So then Nancy kind of like comically is like, bye. And she leaves the bathroom. So Sarah runs home. And as soon as she enters the house, she's calling for her dad. She's calling for her mom. Nobody's there. There's a phone call. She picks up. Who is it? Old pal Nancy, who says, they're gone. They uh, they thought you ran away. They thought you ran away to San Francisco, so they caught a flight, and um, the flight crashed. Turn on the news. So she turns on the TV, and there's, you know, all, this whole news story about this flight crashing from San Francisco, you know, San Francisco, and this whole thing, and... Sarah is sobbing. She's so upset. She runs outside and sees just snakes fucking everywhere. Tarantulas, rats, maggots, just fucking all down the stairs. Just thousands of them. Um, she runs upstairs to get away with to get away from them, and it's actually much fucking worse upstairs. They used, like, a thousand snakes and bugs and shit. All real. And it's crazy is, like, the scene. So she runs into the bathroom, and they drop real rats on top of her head. And she was just a real trooper about it. She is freaking, I mean, like. 
but this is, is what really she, this is what she told Nancy about her about what happened to her. She confided in her, and look what's happening. Scorpions are in the sink. Like oh. this shit is fucking everywhere. She jumps into the shower and closes her eyes, and then poof, the shower curtain pulls back, and Nancy says, "Gotcha, man." If I was as pathetic as you, I would have killed myself a long time ago. You should really get on and closes it. So Sarah climbs out of the shower and everything is gone. Ain't no maggots. Ain't no rats. Ain't no roaches. Ain't nothing. So, you know, she's imagining it all. She walks down the stairs. And there are her old pals. And Nancy says, you're going to kill yourself tonight, my dear. In a very, like, maniacal, you know, Simpsons way. And Sarah's like, no, like, I'm not. And she's like, yeah, you are. And then all of a sudden, they all rise. They all just, like, levitate off the fucking floor and look down on her. She tells Sarah, like, you have every reason to kill yourself. You killed your mom, which is really crazy. Like, you killed your mom before you were even born. Like, that's really evil. That's really crazy. And you killed Chris. And, and, and you're disgusting. And you're weak. Like, she, she is extremely evil in this moment, just, like, pooping on her. Sarah starts crying. And all three of them start chanting, now is the end. Let her go in peace. Now is the end. Let her go in peace. Which, you know what? Look, here, look, look. Nancy's a fuckhead. She's really mean. What about the other girls? Like, I, I hate this scene because I just cannot believe that these girls, who she, she literally braided Laura Lizzie's hair with Rochelle's to get the revenge. You know what I mean? Like, she, she was in it with these girls. And for them to do this shit is just so fucking evil i hate that they do this to her it's just like simply wild um so they're chanting now is the end let her go in peace and nancy drops this suicide note that she's kind of written in sarah's handwriting like you know i killed chris i am guilty uh, i want to die whatever and, um, and she cuts and, wrists. Yeah. And she like slits her wrists open and is like, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna die tonight. And Sarah is like, ah! and she runs back up the stairs and she's like trying to come up with a game plan. She's like, I'm not fucking doing this. I gotta think of something. Then they cut back to the girls downstairs. And Nancy says, Rochelle, Bonnie, go upstairs and check on her. See if she's killed herself yet. Like, go, go look on her. And so they go upstairs, and as they're going upstairs, they cut back to Sarah, who is chanting, by the powers of three, make them see, make them see, make them see. They're walking up the stairs, and they pass a mirror. And as they pass the mirror, they look into it, and Rochelle's hair is, like, almost all gone. And Bonnie is, like, half-ridden with burns. Like, much, I mean, a million times worse than it was before. And they're looking, and they're like, oh! And they like scream and they run down the stairs. And my question here is like, why didn't they just like look at each other and like, oh, it's just an illusion. 
basically wanted to like assure each other that it was nothing. Like they just look in this mirror and then they run away. And I'm like, why didn't you guys, you know? So they look in this mirror. They see these terrible things. They run out of the house, freaked out. And Nancy's like, where are you going? But off they go. They don't answer her. So Nancy's like, all right, I guess I have to check on this ship by myself. So Nancy goes up to look for Sarah. And by this point, Sarah's full of the power. She has invoked Manon. She's looking for her. She's looking for her. And Sarah is inside of the mirror at this point. And she comes out and, like, pokes on Nancy's shoulder, which is such a baller move. Um, And she tells Nancy that Manon is pissed because she has abused his power and it's too much and he wants revenge and he's not okay with it. And as she's telling her these things, roaches start coming out of Nancy's clothes, coming down through her hands and coming out through her boots and like roaches are covering her. And she looks down and her fingers are snakes. And she freaks out and she falls to the ground. And she's just like having like an episode. Like roaches are coming out of her mouth. Like it is like a really dark scene. And then all of a sudden they stop. And Sarah says, relax. It's only magic. Nancy kind of stands up and she's like, look, I know I'm crazy. It's just like things got out of hand, you know. Oops. Like, you try to make her think her parents were dead. Things are a little bit more than a little out of hand. But um, regardless, she tries to play that card. And Sarah doesn't really say anything back, but she just starts doing the spell on her. She's like, I bind you, Nancy. I bind you from doing harm to others and harm to yourself. I bind you, Nancy. I bind. And Nancy does not like that. And she's like, ah! And so she pulls a dagger out of nowhere and goes to jump on her. She pushes her against the wall. And before she can really do any harm, a dresser comes and goes to pin Sarah. And it looks like it pins Sarah. And it's a wild scene. There's like a yeah, tornado. Yeah, and Nancy of has like jumped out of the way. And so Nancy sees this dresser that looks like it's pinned Sarah. She pushes the dresser out of the way and she sees only, she, you know, moves stuff out of the way and she sees only Sarah's clothes. And so she's like, tricky, tricky. But she knows Sarah's a good witch. So she goes to try to stab the clothes. Sarah appears and fucking kicks her into oblivion. Into the wild, wild west. We never really know. She kicks her into a bad place. And then we cut to sometime later. We don't know. And Sarah's in her driveway. Rochelle and Bonnie come to visit her. And Bonnie is wearing the most atrocious clothes. These striped silk jammies. Um... I don't know what to call them. They are very bad. And they're like, you know, sorry about what happened. Um, Things got out of hand. 
And, uh, you know, that whole thing about your parents, that was a joke. Hee hee. Our bad. Um, also, we've lost our powers. Do you still have your powers? Because, you know, we don't have ours. So if you ever want to get together and call the corners and chant, you know, and Sarah says, um, maybe, uh, why don't you hold your breath until I call? And as they walk away, they're like, she probably doesn't have any powers anyway. And then she does her thing and the clouds shift and some lightning strikes and a tree branch falls right in front of them and they fall down and they look back at her and they realize she has the power. Then she says, be careful. You don't want to end up like Nancy. And then they cut to Nancy, who's in a fucking mental institute, like in bed, like literally tied down, like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, like she's in a really crazy, kooky state, and um, they kind of close in on her face, like, I'm fine, and then it just cuts to the credits, and that's the end. So here at Stoli Dolly Scaries, we rate our movies based on how many Stoli Dolly's it would take you to enjoy the film. And for me, I give The Craft zero because I could enjoy this movie with zero drinks. I think it's perfect. I think it's witchy. I think it's cool. I think it's scary. I just think it's the best 90s flick. And it's perfect. Well... Um, I agree with you on some of those things. I do believe that it is an iconic movie. It is a wonderful cast. It's really, really good acting. I thoroughly enjoyed it all the way through. I'm uh, terrified of all things witchy now, and I've got, um, you know, things to prove it. But I will give this film one solidoli. And the reason why is really it comes down to the effects. You know, that guy getting run over and some of the other things. I was just like, we could do better. They they made up for it a little bit in the end with all of the, you know, creatures and the snakes and the, all that stuff was wild. And I was like, why couldn't we just uphold that standard? So for that reason, I will give it one stoli doli. That's fair. That's a fair rating i do not agree but you're right they went all out with them snakes and i, I don't know why <laughs> they, they they missed the mark so much on other moments but you know can't win them all can't win them all well thank you guys so much for joining us we love talking to you if you enjoy our videos and our audio if you enjoy your audio yeah. If you enjoy our podcast, please like, please subscribe. It really makes us feel nice. And leave a comment. <laughs> leave a comment. A good one. We look forward to talking to you next time. So until then, I would say don't invoke Manon. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>